And you're here. Thanks for choosing the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Your quest for podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained ends here. We invite you to enjoy all our shows we have on this network. And right now, let's start with Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Remember, each week this is the place you go to when you want to hear of the latest when it comes to personal revelations in the paranormal field from Bigfoot to angels, Jesus to lake monsters i mean why not let's throw it all in there (laughs) if you have a story that you've experienced or that you've heard or research that you've come across that you want to share please go to my main website which is heidihollis.com or shadowfolks.com and tell me about it tell me what's going on tell me everything give me as many details as you would like because the more the better it really helps to paint a picture and also No, if you have somebody that you'd like to suggest to come on this program, also send that along. Today is a special show for myself, and uh, I hope that you enjoy it. I think the personal elements that build us up in this lifetime help contribute to the whole of everything that we do, including when it comes to topics that might tap on the door of the mysterious. And so today I'd like to dedicate this show to uh, my father, who sadly has recently passed. And um, I wanted to speak to some of the things that have contributed to myself in this career path uh, when it comes to the paranormal, the mysterious, and uh, the things that might go bump in the night and the things that might make you look up to the stars. Um, You know, My books, if you have ever crossed any of them, uh, you know, I put a dedication in there that says this lifetime, we build each other up and we all contribute to it. And so thank you all for what has transpired and what's placed into these books. And my dad was a huge influence in that. And uh, his name is uh, James Hollis, and he was the Air Force Senior Non-Commissioned Officer, or SNCO, Master Sergeant E-7 for NORAD, which is the North American Aerospace Defense Command. Um, He was an absolute pioneer, computer engineer, and um, very, very jovial, very smart, 
um, gave of his time for things like Habitat for Humanity, fought for equal rights, and he served this country for about 23 years. And um, a lot of people haven't known about my dad's background uh, working for NORAD because even I didn't know for most of my lifetime. Isn't that something, right? Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you hear people like myself who say, oh, my dad was a career military guy, and they think, oh, you're a military brat, you moved around a lot. No, I did not. And when I would say that to people, I would get this look like, really? Hmm, did your dad go places a lot? And I'm like, yeah, he did. And then get that raised eyebrow and be like, what exactly did he do? What do you mean? <laughs> uh, so I was oblivious most of my life about uh, what it was that he was involved with in working for NORAD. Um he would always say for 14 and a half years, he was in the Air Force and he was an airplane mechanic and, uh, you know, he did stuff with computers. And he would describe these giant warehouses that would just have all these giant like reels of things that would spin around. I don't know if you've seen those those old time movies of uh, what they call the computer back in the day. And my dad's like, I actually worked on those. My dad uh, was 85 when he passed. And um, I'm like, whoa, you're ancient. You know, what do you mean? Those those things? And, and he's got a couple on hand to show me. I'm like, they're like dinosaur wheels. They're huge. And uh, he's like, yeah, now what those warehouses could do fit on the palm of your hand. And uh, I was like, huh. Wow, you've been along for a long time from like the first thought of computers, you know, <laughs> and uh, pretty much essentially he really was. He was on the cusp of it. And, uh, you know, having a dad like that so ingrained in my whole life, um, I thought that you guys might find it fascinating to hear some of the different elements that uh, I've learned along the way. And that tie into paranormal things when it came to my dad connection. Um, a lot of people share their personal stories on here. I share my personal stories of so many different things. And uh, I think putting it all together to discuss these things into one program would be a nice uh, send off to my dad and uh, to share uh, how I think about him and, and the things that he's done in this lifetime. And uh, again, that uh, has contributed to me to be able to sit here today and talk to you about some of the things that I do. Now, my dad being a computer engineer is one thing. He was a genius. He invented things, things that uh, he never really brought up ever. Um, I have older siblings that are old enough to be my parents, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> And they said to me, don't you know, he was one of the bosses on um, the this, this station. I'm like, what do you mean? And and for me to bring it up to him, uh, not too long ago, in fact, and uh, he raised an eyebrow like, how do you know that? I'm like, well, you know, my older brother said something that he knew about it when he was real little. I think he was surprised that my brother recalled that. And uh, and that's when he told me what his rank was. And I'm like, huh, what does that mean? You know, and uh, he's just like, well, 
That means that he didn't work under a general. He was the guy in charge at his NORAD station. And uh, I'm like, oh, I thought you just fixed airplanes. That's all he would ever talk about, fixing airplanes, the types that he fixed, and how he's got his name on a plane and all this stuff. And that's all he would speak to. And uh, then in his uh, latter years, after 14 and a half years serving with the Air Force, he went to work. Um, He was uh, essentially in the Army Reserve. You want to hear what his uh, his title was for that? Uh, <laughs> an assistant chaplain for the Midwest, which I thought, that's interesting. I, I don't recall my dad opening the Bible um, to share what's in it, you know. And yeah, he was a man of God, um, definitely, but it wasn't something that I would witness much. And, you know, in sharing that he had the command that he did with other people, they're like, oh, yeah, people who have these high rankings might get this uh, type of title to say something that's totally opposite of what he's capable of. And I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, I think it, it's kind of a, a cool title, um, assistant chaplain for the Midwest like that. And I did meet the chaplain that he worked under. So, um I don't know. Uh, but again, when you hear NORAD, I mean, what do they do? They, they, they scan the skies over North America to see if there's any threats or, or to keep track of things in the skies. And, um, you know, and then we hear of the Cheyenne Mountain facility and the, how deep those levels go that uh, is like our command center for blanketing the entire United States to make sure that we're safe. And, and, uh, you know, the mysteries that go with that, it, it's uh, fascinating. We hear of these underground bases and and the possibilities of other creatures being down there, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I don't know those parts. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what it was exactly that he was scanning in the night skies. I don't know uh, what it was that, uh, if anything, that he was able to say with 100% positivity about there being things in the sky that we're not controlling. But apparently our government has now stepped forward to say, indeed, something has been going on in the skies. And... uh, They've been tracking these things. They've spotted these things. And then they give us the grainiest uh, videos they could find on the planet to say, UFO, Tic Tac. Come on now. Um, <laughs> I think we've got much better photos. Like, hmm, maybe they should just roll up the, the door to their garage and take a good photo of what they're holding, right? Um, but I can't say that I have access uh, that with my dad uh, having that type of experience. Though... With the government coming forward now as they have, I'm sure he might have. I'm sure he did, actually. Um, But uh, there's some things that uh, after I I asked him about, you know, what's this thing about NORAD, he slightly mentioned, slightly mentioned. And uh, I don't know if these are things I could ever uh, discuss uh, at this stage, but um, perhaps one time. Uh, sometime in the future, who knows? Um, but we'll see if it fits the narrative. We'll definitely dive on into that and uh, and share because um, you know it's all about sharing, <laughs> putting information together that helps people to connect the dots. And uh, connecting dots is what it's all about. And you know to to find this out, 
many years after I had published my first book on the topic of UFOs and aliens, um, you can't imagine my reaction, can you? <laughs> can you imagine? Because I kind of jumped up like, what? What did you do? <laughs> you tracked things, didn't you? And, you know, to have him keeping his, his uh, he's a very jovial type, and to keep a straight face and uh, not have direct answers was like, oh my, you know, like, you're part of the the, the people that I've, I've written about in the books. And, you know, it's just unbelievable. So, you know, the secrets get kept by our government. And, uh, and we wonder why and how. And it's here, it's our own brothers, sisters, uh, you know, and our dads, our mothers. And here it was my own. I, I hadn't a clue. And I'm talking about this is not knowledge I've had for very long at all. Um, just a, a few short years and uh, boy they're really good at this stuff is all I could tell you but so again today the show is going to be about some of the paranormal connections and mysteries that I personally have had with my father or shared with him and I want to share here with you as a nice dedication to my dad who sadly has recently passed so this is for you dad uh, Mr. James Hollis you guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM, and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Today is a unique show. I am dedicating this to my father, James Hollis, who recently passed. And I wanted to connect stories that involved my father in ways that you probably have never heard of before and things that I'm learning about even today. You know, for a lot of you who know of my background, having been grown up in a a haunted house, and I mean absolutely terrifyingly haunted, um, (laughs) you've heard some of my stories when it comes to having uh, experienced some of the the bangings and uh, the disturbing... uh, instances where I was chased by things and just just horrible to horrible stuff and um, you know some of these instances involved my dad that uh, he wouldn't really give a whole lot of attention to it and my sisters and I here we are experiencing these horrible things uh, the first one being when an organ started playing by itself and this was uh, about six months after my mother's passing, unfortunately, on Christmas Day. And um, imagine this. We just opened up all of our presents. We're having a blast. My dad goes to wish others a Merry Christmas. My siblings and I are having a ball. You know, we're like, sure, sure, whatever. You know, we're we're involved in our new toys we just unwrapped. and uh, And as we're enjoying ourselves this organ that was recently moved in starts playing by itself and i mean it's hitting every low key it can absolutely find and it was just bom, 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 you know just crazy no rhythm just madness and uh my sisters and i were unfamiliar with this organ we realize that this thing doesn't do this and we freak out. We all scream. We run into the bathroom and lock the door because what's the most secure location in the house is a, a door with a lock on it. And it was only the bathroom that had it, right? So my dad, I, if it seemed that uh, 
forever this thing is doing that and and uh there came a moment where i got kind of shoved out of the bathroom door uh because my older sister just liked to do that kind of thing and uh so i'm sitting there and i'm looking at this organ pound around uh, just crazily and i couldn't take it anymore and i start dictating to my siblings i'm gonna go get the key and i'm gonna lock this thing and uh i finally do it stops playing when all of a sudden the sound was replaced by another noise and it turned out to be my younger sister's new electronic guitar. And this thing was going crazily as well. And I'm like, I'm going to take the batteries out you know, to make this thing stop too, right? I go to take the batteries out. There's no batteries. And this thing is continuing to play crazily. And I was just defeated. Um, I finally just put my back to the bathroom door where the rest of my siblings are hiding. And I just slumped down and I just put my face in my knees and like, this just can't be happening. And seemed to be going on forever, right? And all of a sudden, my dad seemed to be stepmom come through the door. And it was just like something out of the movies. My siblings come piling out, tripping over me, trying to tell uh, my dad how this took place, you know, and my dad's like, oh, come on, kids, you know, what is this? And, you know, very doubtful. And uh, other instances occurred where uh, he was uh, very doubtful still. And another occasion, I so my my dad decided he didn't want to live anywhere that anybody had ever lived before. And I'm like, hmm, for a skeptical man about this uh, haunting, it's strange that you want to build a brand new house. Um, so this one day, um, I come home from school and my siblings and I had been through enough harassment by whatever was in the house that we made a promise to each other. Nobody goes in this house alone. Okay. So my sister came home from school before me. She would sit on the porch and wait for me. So we'd both go into the house together. So we wouldn't have to face anything crazy alone. So this one day I come home, I go into the house and she's not on the porch. So I figure, well, maybe she had to use the restroom. I don't know. Um, and I come in, I'm taking off my back pack and I'm like, you know, calling out her name and, and I could hear her. She's in the kitchen and, and I'm like, you know, but she's not answering me and I'm calling her name and I'm calling her name and I'm like, Hey, you know, what's going on? I go into the kitchen and I heard what sounded like, you know, the kitchen drawers or something being open. And sure enough, I go there and the kitchen drawer is rattling by itself. And I'm like, Oh, no. Oh, it gives me chills right now, even thinking about it. And I turned to run to go lock myself in the bathroom because it's right behind me. And the door was locked. So I flew up the stairs to the second floor bathroom and locked myself in there. And the silverware that was in the drawer, I saw it rise up and it was coming towards me and it started banging on the bathroom door. I, I just have chills from head to toe even talking about it right now. And and it was absolutely just torturing me sitting there alone. I had to be about nine years old and just having this go on and on and on. And I'm thinking what happened to my sister? Oh, my goodness. I'm here alone. Or is she in the bottom bathroom locked in herself when I don't know how long I sat there before I heard somebody calling out my name. And I said, oh, my gosh, this thing knows my name. But I'm frozen in fear. And I keep hearing my name being called. And I'm like, I am not answering. I am not answering. And then I hear 
clumps up the stairs and this voice is getting closer and closer and it's like, Heidi, are you in there? And I had pulled out the bathroom drawer so the door couldn't be open all the way and I barely open up the door to, to where the drawer stops it and I'm like, I look and it's my dad. And he's like, open the door, what are you doing? And I'm like, I slam the, the drawer and I like just jump into his arms and I start telling him and then the silverware and this and that. And he's like, what, what, what are you talking about? And then I look down and there was a spoon at the base of the door. And I'm like, and there it is. There it is. And he's like, oh, come on, come on, come on. You know, no, no, no. This is, this would not have happened. You know, it's okay. It's your imagination. They forgot that my sister had an after school activity and I was alone in the house. Oh, so my dad felt so bad, and uh, but he rescued me, and I don't think I'd let my feet touch the ground because I was horrified at what had just happened. Um, you know, it, it's it's wild to me that uh, you know he was such a skeptic, and he gets a brand new house built, and I, I didn't really connect the dots at the time, but uh, it was because he had endured things himself. He was terrified himself. I couldn't believe he allowed us to be scared alone. But uh, he's, this is many, many years later when we're all grown up and we're talking about the haunted house. And my dad chimes in, well, you know, I had probably the worst experiences there. And we're like, what? What are you telling us? And he goes to say how he, at one point, it was soon after my mother passed, uh, he was, of course, having trouble sleeping, and um, he was upset, and his bedroom door opened by itself, and he turned to look, and it closed behind him, and then his blankets went up, and a very cold presence got in the bed next to him, and he was paralyzed, and he couldn't do anything, and I believe he said he passed out because <laughs> he was so scared. Um, that was one of his experiences, but then another one, literally at the witching hour or so, he would wake up to loud poundings in the house that nobody seemed to know was going on or hear was going on except for him. And he's like, it was so loud that it would shake the whole house. And he couldn't believe that, uh, that nobody else was experiencing this. And uh, long story short, he had gone to investigate these loud poundings. He thought it was his kids playing a joke on him. And uh, nope, everybody was sound asleep. And then something in the room where he went to go check broke in half, flipped him out. He ran back to his bed. And the next day he thought, well, maybe there's a critter loose in the house or something. And, and he goes crawling through all the crawl spaces to try to see if he could find anything and to no avail. So, um, yeah, he'd experienced things. They were like, well, why? Why? Why did you let us feel like we were going nuts, that we're experiencing these things ourselves? And, and he was just very much uh, nonchalant, like, well, if you kids knew how scared I was, <laughs> then you surely wouldn't have been able to stay in the home. And uh, I'm like, you know what? 
you got something there, Dad. Yeah, because uh, we definitely would have been shaken to our core if he was shaken to his core. But uh, he was absolutely freaked out. And his big sense of humor, really jovial type of guy. And uh, he just thought it was the funniest thing. And he just giggled himself silly about it. And I'm like, okay, it's funny now. But back then, as a child, you are absolutely terrified. And, uh, you know, when I think about like the paranormal elements and things that I experienced, um, probably one of the more mystical things that I experienced, uh, and I told my dad about it, I had to be, I don't know, maybe six, seven years old or so. And, uh, I'd gone to church, to Sunday school, and and they were introducing the book of Revelations, you know, and it's like, and they were gentle about it and saying how the book of Revelations in the Bible tells of the end times and things to come. And and it really struck a chord with me. And uh, that night when my dad went to tuck me into bed, and and I remember, you know, tears quietly coming down my cheeks. My dad's like, what what are you upset about? What's going on? And I said, well, you know, they spoke of this. And and my dad's like, oh, that's nothing to be worried about. That's that's way in the future. You don't ever have to worry about that happening, the book of Revelations, end of the world type of stuff. And I, I remember between my tears, I said, no, dad. I'm going to be here for that. And I remember him literally looking at me with shock and just like holding me. And uh, it was a really endearing memory that I have of him, you know, trying to calm my fears about this end of the world thing. And it's not so much an end of the world thing as it is a time of change. And uh, that's something I truly, truly believe in still. So very, very uh, special memory. All right, guys, we're going to get to our next break. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world 
From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Today is a special day for myself. I am dedicating this show to my father, James Hollis, who recently passed away and connecting some of the more mysterious things that have happened to me in my lifetime that actually involved my dad or surrounded him. And, uh, you know... When I think of some of these stories and some of the elements uh, that have happened, I, I just sit back and and just say, wow, you know. Um, but also, it's really endearing to know that uh, I did share some things with him. And I think more than I even am fully aware of uh, to date. And, uh, you know, on this program, I've talked about everything from angels to aliens, um, shadow people to Jesus encounters. And, uh, you know, I can't help but to think and wonder how many of these things did my dad also experience. But he was a rather high-ranking military guy, and uh, he kept mum on it. And, um, you know, interesting enough, I have also spoke of my military, my lab abductions um, is what they're called, where you have these memories of having been interrogated by those in military outfits, camouflage or white shirt with navy blue tie. And, you know, when I first experienced such a thing, I'm like, what on earth was that? You know, I know what a dream feels like versus reality, okay? I think we're all pretty good with that. Um, I have had many uh, what I call as waking dreams where they're so real, you cannot believe they didn't actually happen. And uh, I had those dreams, but but I could still distinguish between the two to know that what's real and, and what isn't. And these military situations were not... Typical. Who dreams of seeing guys with rifles and camouflage asking me about aliens or asking me about other things? And uh, so is there a good possibility that my military abductions were because of my dad's connections? Oh, it crosses my mind. Uh, Because I always wonder... Well, why would they come my way first off? It was before I remembered uh, a lot of things for myself. So uh, they knew before I did. Knew before I did. Way before I wrote a book, okay? I had these these things. So um, why? Why? Did they did they think that uh, 
I was in the know of something. Uh, my dad informed me on everything. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it makes you wonder. Um, and also, you know, what other things don't I recall that they might have looked into or, or came and questioned me about? Uh, who knows? And, and how dare they? How dare they? And, and in all honesty, it's probably the worst memory I ever have in my life of having somebody who thinks they have authority over you come and do something interrogating you in your pajamas. I was in my pajamas every time. And, uh, you know, it, that's that's disgusting, to be honest. Uh, it's angering. It's disgusting. Since when is any kind of abduction okay, whether it's alien or military if, if whether it's shrouded in your memory uh, or not, it still happened to you and you could still have uh, repercussions of that and knowing that somebody violated you that way. So not a great big fan knowing that anybody would do such a thing. Uh, I don't care who would command you to do it. You know, I could command you to go do this or do that. And if you do it, guess who's guilty? You are. You listened, uh, <laughs> including the person who commanded you. So not cool, not on my high list of those that uh, I'm a, a big fan of to do such things. And and then to hear my dad as part of the machine, uh, I highly doubt that he commanded this type of thing for military objections. But it crosses my mind about what it is that uh, might have encouraged these things to happen to me. Um, even before I would put my first finger to even paper to think I would ever write a book. I was in college, you know, um, but I did write my first book while in college. So huh, who knows? Um, but, you know, there's other elements of my dad that uh, makes me wonder even further about his connections to these strange topics, because guess what? They have a very clear memory somehow being on board a ship. I know that sounds strange, but I have a memory with there being beings there who were watching as me and my dad sat, well, we were standing face to face, practicing telepathy, practicing it and making jokes while we were doing it. I know it, it seems so weird, but we literally like stood there like this is this is old hat. Like they want to see if we're still really good at this or not. So me and my dad is like, OK, all right. You know, so we're, we're there, there. It was just like almost somebody standing there with a, a pen and paper. <laughs> OK, now go show me that you can still do this. OK, so me and my dad lean forward. They want to they want to see the conversation. Oh, here's a conversation. Oh, is this funny? Hey, what is it? Why did the duck cross the road? Oh, I don't know. I thought it was a chicken. You know, uh, we're just like back and forth doing this babble. And it was like, you know, checked off like, OK, yeah, you guys still got this. OK, great. But it was not human that was, you know, checking to see that we could still do this, because how could another human check to see if we could still do this? Right. Um, and the interesting part is I was very clear on what part of my brain I was using to do this. And it was in the frontal lobes, both sides, leaning forward, forehead to forehead type of thing almost. And uh, doing that, and I'm like, whoa. Why do I have this memory of seeing my dad on board a ship? <laughs> and I had mentioned it to him. And uh, he was a man of few words when it came to anything inquiring about him. Now I know why. Um, so he's like, hmm, interesting. That's all. That's all he pretty much had to say. I'm like, really? Interesting. Okay, dad. Um, so why? Why was that? 
So there was some kind of weird connection there I was not aware of. Um, and I still don't know. I still don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Um, why was that? But, you know, there's also this other clear memory that I have. This part's not connected uh, with him uh, directly, but I, I would levitate, okay? And to do it on will and to focus on it, to be able to do that. And I can't say it was on board a ship or anything like that. This is just a clear understanding memory that I have on how to fly, how to move. And, and, uh, and I felt it came from the very center, circular center of my brain. And one day I, I sat and I was like looking through scans of the brain and, and trying to understand about where do I feel it coming from. And uh, I came to a conclusion, the caudate putaman. And I'm like, that is where I understand this, this is coming from, this energy, this, this willpower and the focus and where you put it to lift off the ground. Now, um, and I would just like practice this in this other state, this other place. And, and sometimes I would wake up from this understanding that I just did it. And I was so sure I could do it again right when I get up. I've almost smashed my face into the ground because it's that, it is just that uh, right there and so immediate for me to uh, have that understanding. Um, and I still, I think about it every so often, like, I just know I can do this. Um, and then, you know, this is, this is a interesting element. And this has been more in recent years that I have had um, this, this memory, um, I don't know. It's like a dream. And, and I don't know if it's because I've, I might have seen something in the past, but uh, it seems so very much uh, a dream or, an, uh, I don't know, I guess it's a dream. Uh, a few times I've seen myself in a dark brown robe that gathers in the center by some kind of cord and um, um, flying, kind of levitating, floating, floating. And, uh, and laughing while I was doing it and being in these prayer groups with, with, uh, prayer circles, like standing and the others, I'm trying to pray with them, but I start getting the giggles and I start kind of bobbing up, uh, off the ground. And they're, they're almost like hook their, their arms with mine to keep me down. And, and I'm, and it was like, oh, don't show, don't show that you can do this. Don't show that you can do this type of conversation. And I'm just, you know, trying my best, but I'm giggling because I think it's hilarious. Um, but then sometimes trying to keep a straight face about it, like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fly. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. And, um, um, but it, it's just, it, it's so funny to me. Um, it didn't seem to come from the caudate put them in then. That just seemed to be a, a part of me. Like, uh, I would just, um, fly, like float. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, we see all these superhero movies and stuff that uh, exhibit people flying and, and whatnot, and then to have these dreams of it, but in the dark brown robes um, is what was interesting to me. So I I am um, trying to find out how and where that might have come from. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it, it's interesting uh, to me, the elements that make us who we are um, in this lifetime. And these little parts of myself, I find connect back to my father 
and his intelligence and understanding in things that I would have never thought. I mean, I knew he's a computer uh, engineer, a computer genius, and a an inventor. I always say he's the first uh, computer nerd on the planet that I probably have ever known. Um, and he built every computer I ever had up until the one that I own today. Um, the one that I use, I should say now, is, is uh, an Apple. And he was very frustrated, like, really? Really? It, that You just went against everything I ever created right there. I'm like, <laughs> you know, come on, Dad. Uh, but yeah, and it's a good thing he built all my computers prior, though, because I constantly blew them up. And he had this very understanding point to me. And he's like, Heidi, do you know there are just some people who have this problem with computers. He said, I could set up an entire office, but I'll keep coming back to fix the one computer because that person has something about them that just uh, vibes differently. He said, but it's okay. So thank goodness he did that for me because I would have been through a thousand computers. Well, all right, guys, we're going to get to our next break. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM paranormal podcast network stick around we'll be right back witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 
With age, women and men have issues with fine lines, wrinkles, under-eye bags, crepey skin on the neck, and aging on the hands. Dr. Nathan Newman has developed Luminess for amazing results treating these issues with his stem cell-based formula, APT200. Try Luminess today with our postage-paid starter kit for only $19.99, available exclusively at HealthyLooking.com. Join thousands of satisfied customers using Luminess. Learn more at HealthyLooking.com. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Today's show is a special one. I am speaking in regards to connections to the mysterious regarding myself and my father, who sadly has recently passed. And, uh, you know, we are all part of where we came from. And uh, I always appreciate when you all send me your stories and connect the dots with what's happened in your life. And I thought I would do the same here. And, uh, you know, there's so much to say. (laughs) It really is. And um, I feel very fortunate to have had some of the experiences I've had with my dad. And I am sharing some of the ones that stand out the most. And, um, you know, in the last segment, I was talking about the computer connection. Um, my dad, I believe he was uh, one of the main ones, and especially in the Midwest, who helped train so many people how to build a computer, taking it apart, program it, hack it, uh, and uh, just so many different things that, that, that he did. And everybody's like, oh, you must be a computer whiz then too. It's like, mm, no, <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, not that I wasn't interested in it. Um, it was uh, just one of those things, unless I could understand 100% of every element he was speaking on, uh, he didn't want us really playing with them. I'm like, I just want to like draw on it, dad. Can I, can I do that or animate something? And <laughs> no, 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 as this was like a work of art for him. And uh, but it's okay. I, I had a I had a good understanding and respect for what it was he was doing. And one day I actually went into his little workshop and I counted how many computer monitors he had. And uh, I'm not kidding. I counted over 50. <laughs> and I was like, you know, to have this understanding of this little hum uh, that would come in the home was... Uh, It was unmistakable. So, and I mean, having the first video games and all of that stuff, I mean, absolutely uh, on on touch and on top of all of these different things. And, uh, you know, having this understanding and this connection and and this really endearing uh, quality in myself, I just wanted to gain access to all these computers that he had, but um, just couldn't do it. It wasn't in the cards for that to be done. And, uh, but it's okay. But it it created something in myself and and something that I think I always had. And uh, it was a connection to inanimate objects like, you know, people have a name for their car or something like that. And old Bessie will get going soon, you know. Well, it didn't matter for me what the item was. It, I just felt like there was a quality that was an inner quality to surroundings. Um, it didn't matter if it was your shoe or a tire. Um 
I felt like there was a connection and I felt like I had to be polite about that connection if I wanted something of the item. Um, so if I hit a volleyball, I would kind of mentally ask it, do you want to go? And when it would hit its target, I would like give it mental praise. So uh, in more recent years, I got to the understanding that I had something called synesthesia, um, uh, thanks to Maureen Seberg, who introduced me to the topic. And uh, and I'm like, oh, and then she dubbed me to be something of a machine empath, because having the, the connection with computers, first off, uh, it's a whole bunch of different elements inside of a computer, right? And uh, for me, when I would try to reach out to have it work for me, I wasn't doing the same respect that I did for other items. And uh, I learned this was causing a problem because computers would constantly break and do the the craziest things and, and just not work for me. Um, didn't matter if it was a bunch of components, uh, television or something, it, they just wouldn't work for me. And then I realized I wasn't being cordial. So much like before you pet a dog, you kind of let it sniff your hand. So I, I started doing that. And lo and behold, the computers and other gadgets started doing wonders for me. In fact, they started doing things that uh, they really shouldn't be able to do. And uh, and it almost started looking like poltergeist type type activities. Um, but uh, I understood that uh, at one point that yeah, this is this is great. <laughs> um, I didn't know I'd be found out to be considered something a uh, machine empath. And I have had, uh, I had an article that was written on um, from Maureen Seberg about this. And and since then, a lot of people reach out and say, oh, I got that, too. I call my my uh, computer this or this or that. And it's like, I feel they have a connection with me as well. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Um, for me, it's a step further because they, they'll do stuff for me. Um, and uh, after finding out this is what I had, I was asked to start documenting it. And so I started to. And I, I took videos of, you know, what these things are doing. And um, it's just an ongoing thing. So, um, you know, my my father, uh, I think, helped inspire that because he had computers around me. And it was something I really wanted to uh, endure and, and, and to understand that some people had these complications. And he understood that. Um, it was it helped me to understand I needed to fix that um, complication so I could get computers and stuff to work for me. So um, that was something. But, you know, I had another uh, really cool memory uh, that, that occurred that involved my father that, you know, it, it just blows my mind because he was so involved in so many different things. And, and he had uh, better understandings than he ever let on. Um, but so you know, I started having out-of-body experiences when I was uh, a kid, and those experiences involved seeing myself uh, on my ceiling, <laughs> and then the next night flying through the neighborhood, and uh, I thought, whoa, you know, I knew it was real, uh, because I, I saw stuff that, that I didn't know was in the neighborhood, you know, as a kid, and I got confirmation on it, but the next day after I had one of these flights, uh, I was outside playing and, you know, I have aluminum siding on the side of the house, right? And and it, it was kind of a, a matte color, but the sun hit it just right. And I saw something outside of my window and I called over my sister. I'm like, look at this. And it was just bare feet, like sweaty, very sweaty, bare feet going straight up the side of the house, all the way up. 
Oh, it gives me chills. Uh, straight up. And and I had told my sister about my out-of-body experience. And we get my dad to come over and take a look. It's like, Dad, look at this. And he's like, he comes out and he's like, and he looks at both of us. And I, I'm, I'm putting my foot and I'm like, oh my gosh, my foot fits. I'm like, this, this, these are my footprints, you know? And uh, my dad's like, you kids are playing a joke, right? We're like, what? <laughs> We're too little, first off, to even get a ladder to do such a thing and to go straight up the side of the house. I mean, we would have used mud or something. We weren't known to do this kind of a crazy uh, experiment of, of jokes. <laughs> and uh, But I remember seeing that, that peculiar, bewildered look on his face like, oh, oh, you know, who did this? And I had an understanding then that, um, you know, there might be things that happen that I Everybody can't understand, but I don't know. But for some reason, I felt like he may have understood more than he did at that time. And uh, But, you know, we did have a really, really cool uh, connection. You know, I know he was puzzled by some of the things that I wrote about. And uh, I know that <laughs> he was curious why I didn't use a pen name. And I told him, I said, Dad, you didn't have any sons, and I'm going to abuse your last name <laughs> for what it's worth. I said, and besides, Heidi Hollis sounds good together. Yeah, it's my real name. A lot of people question that. I'm like, no, it really is. Uh, so he just left it alone. And uh, little did I know, it was probably there's other motives in that, too, because of his connections. Um, I don't know. But uh, just, just kind of mind-blowing that he would even ask such a thing. Um, but you know what? One night, he called me super excited, and he was like, Heidi, I understand. I get it. I get it. I'm like, what? What do you mean? He's like, I just saw something. I just saw something. I'm like, what did you see? He's like, I saw a very bright light that went right across the horizon and kept going straight, and it just lit up the night sky as it continued to go straight. He said, it didn't arc. It didn't do this. It didn't do that. And he's like... I get it. I see how when you would see something so magnificent, it changes your whole way of thinking. And I'm like, wow, Dad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, he was certain he saw a UFO. He was certain. Now, little did I know he had trained eyes of a NORAD guy um, who ran the entire station. Little did I know that. And so his judgment was very, very specific, and he was very convinced what he had witnessed was not natural, was not typical. And I'm like, wow, my dad can relate to me for the first time ever. This is this is fabulous. The next night, he calls me up, and he's like, well, the news said it was a meteor. I'm like, I saw that, Dad. He's like, Ugh. he said, I don't know. That thing kept going straight. I was like, it, yeah, Dad, I, I believe you. He's like... He's like, I was really excited that it might have been what you've been experiencing. I'm like, yeah, I was hoping too. But he was really kind of let down. But I, I don't know if he was that convinced either. I really don't. But, you know, we had that understanding there for the moments. And uh, and I hold on to it. And I honestly think that he does too. And uh, I'd like to think that he's in a much better place. And uh, that uh, his service to this country for 23 years was uh, reflective of his character, volunteer for Habitat Humanity, fought for equal rights, and uh, in all honesty, uh, some of the things that he accomplished in his lifetime is unheard of. Born in 1936, and being an African-American man uh, to done what he does, I, I, I think that 
He may have been uh, the first African-American to have run a NORAD station, for all I know. But um, these things are not out in the open fully and some of the things that took place, for all I know. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, this one's for you, Dad. And I want to thank you so much for all that you've done. And uh, it's been a a pleasure of being your daughter. And uh, you did a great job. And uh, you are dearly loved. All right, everybody. be sure to go to my main website, HeidiHollis.com. Send me your stories. Tell me what's on your mind. If there's something that you'd like me to share here on this program, you are more than welcome to suggest that. And, um, you know, a very special show for myself. And, uh, you know, my dad will be dearly missed. And uh, he left his mark. And I continue leaving marks uh, in his name. And uh, God bless you, Dad. All right, guys, you have been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stay blessed, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. 